Hi there, Gateway Church family, and welcome to Gateway at Home. I hope that you're doing well and hope you've had a great week this week. If it's your first time joining us today, I'd love to give you a warm welcome. My name's Luke. I'm the pastor of Gateway. Gateway Church is a church with a glorious past, but an even more glorious future. And if you'd like to find out more about who we are as a church, what happens in our church, and how you can be involved, then please head over to our website, gatewaychurchcamry.co.uk. But let's jump into the message now, and I pray that God will speak to you through His Word today. Amen. The most wonderful time of the year has finally arrived. Christmas has come to Gateway, and I love this time of year. I love all that happens at this time of year within our church and within home life. I absolutely love the Christmas season. And we're going to begin a brand new Christmas sermon series together that will build up to Christmas Day as we remember and celebrate the birth of our Saviour. The title of this Christmas series is Simple Obedience, What God Wants From You This Christmas. And the title of this first message in this series is A Call to Obey. We're going to be basing ourselves today in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. This is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. On Tuesday afternoon this week, I left the church feeling delighted. Over the last few weeks, over the last few months, I've been studying, praying and preparing for the Christmas series that I bring every single year. I've been excited about what God had laid on my heart and I was looking forward to sharing it with you all. And on Tuesday afternoon, I finally finished recording the messages for Church Online. I wanted to get them out of the way with so that I could begin to pray and prepare ready for 2022. I can't believe it's finally here. But, you know, I was really pleased as I left church Tuesday afternoon. And I started walking home because I didn't have my car on Tuesday. And I decided to walk home and go up onto the line here in Aberdeen and walk along the line up through the country park back to my house. On the way home, I decided to put on a podcast. So I put some earphones in my ears and, and started listening to a message from Times Square Church. I always listen to sermons or different Christian podcasts to, to build my faith. And, and, you know, I decided to listen to Times Square Church and I listened to the message from a few weeks ago. And the message was all about supernatural living. It was all about seeing spiritual fruit produced within our lives. And I was walking up on the line, up through the country park, and I was walking just about behind St. John's. I had come to this point where, in the message, the preacher just simply mentioned the word obedience. He wasn't talking about obedience. The message was, had nothing to do with obedience, but he simply said this word. And as soon as he said this word, it was like God spoke clearly to my heart. It was like I heard the audible voice of God in my spirit. And I knew in that moment that God wanted me to change this whole Christmas series. 
Now, I was excited for this Christmas series. I'd spent over a month preparing for the Christmas series that I'd finally finished writing, that I'd finally finished recording as well, ready to edit. You know, it takes a long time to, to put these messages together, to, to do church online. It takes a, quite a lot of time. And, you know, I was just so pleased to have this out of the way with so that I could focus and pray ready for next year and get those messages ready. However, in that moment, God clearly laid on my heart that I should throw this series out of the window and speak on the subject of obedience. Now, I'd like to stand here today and say that I was thrilled with that word from God. And, you know, I, I in that moment, I kind of doubted maybe it was just me thinking that maybe it wasn't God saying it. But, you know, I didn't really want to throw out that, uh, that series. I, I wanted to just keep it as it was because I'd spent so much time and effort on it. However, I decided to knock that podcast off, took my earphones out, and I decided for the rest of the journey home, I was going to pray over this word that I sense God lay on my heart and see if it was what he wanted me to do. And the more I prayed about it and the more I thought about it, I just had an overwhelming sense of the peace of God. I knew this is exactly what God wanted me to bring this Christmas season Maybe this is just a lesson for me. Maybe God wants to just teach me about obedience. Or maybe I believe that there are people who God wants to speak to. I believe God wants to speak to you this Christmas through this message and through this series as well. But you know, it wasn't an easy choice. But I decided to simply obey God. I decided to turn that, get rid of that message, get rid of that series and to write New. So that's what I've been doing this week. I've been writing this message, studying for this message, praying over this message. And, you know, I pray today that this message would be an encouragement to you. And the title of this message is A Call to Obey. That's what I believe that God is calling for us this Christmas time. You know, a lot of us will spend a lot of time over Christmas looking for the perfect gift for our loved ones. We ask our loved ones, what do you want for Christmas? But I wonder, have you asked that question? Have you ever thought about that? God, what do you want this Christmas? I believe that God wants simple obedience from us all. And I believe that God blesses obedience. God will bless you when he calls you to do something or tells you to do something and you do it. God will bless you abundantly. And God wants that from us all. And I believe that if you put into practice what God would say to you through this series, if you act on this word and act what God is telling you to do, God is going to do great and mighty things within your life. You know, as I began to study and pray for this message and for this series, and as I looked again, once again, twice at the Christmas story and the nativity story, this theme of obedience appeared over and over again. And it wasn't just with one person who obeyed God. But we see that in the Christmas story, there were people from all different backgrounds, all different ages, who heard the voice of God, who heard the call of God, and they simply obeyed. For some of them, it wasn't an extravagant act. It was just simply saying yes to what God was telling them to do. For others, it had a lot more responsibility. But there is this theme that is consistent throughout the nativity story, through the birth to the birth of our Saviour, and that theme is obedience. And we see that as each of these people obeyed God, they had an impact, not only on the here and now, not only here and on human history, but their yes, their obedience to God 
had an impact for all of eternity. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a few of these different people, these different characters in the Christmas story who said yes to God. And today we're going to look at one of the key figures in within the Christmas story, and it is a girl called Mary. Now, when it comes to Mary, people tend to go either to one of two extremes. They either focus solely on this girl, Mary, and they basically worship Mary. And, and Jesus then takes a second place to Mary, as a lot of faiths do, as we see even with the Catholic faith. You know, they focus a lot on Mary, even more so than Jesus. And we can go to that extreme when we think of this girl, Mary. Or we can go to the other extreme where we ignore Mary completely and we don't give her the honour that she does deserve. But you know, I pray that we won't fall into either of those traps of worshipping her, but instead that we would just simply be inspired by her as we look at her this Christmas and this story today. And I pray we'll be inspired by her faith and her obedience. So what do we know about this person, Mary? What do we know about her? Well, Mary, she was a Jew and she came from the tribe of Judah. She was a Jewish girl and she believed in God. She had faith in God. She loved God. Bible commentators say that Mary was a descendant of David, King David, David, the one who killed Goliath. She was part of his family line. And the Bible says that, that Mary was a virgin, that she was engaged to a carpenter of Nazareth and his name was Joseph. And the Bible says that they were poor. They didn't have a lot of money. These Two people, Mary and Joseph, they were nobodies in society's eyes. These were background figures, you know, within the grand scheme of things. These weren't popular people. These were low people, nobodies really. And now during this time when, when Luke begins to speak of Mary and introduces Mary to us, we see that during this time and during this culture that, you know, Jewish women, they would get married when they were young. So it's likely, because Mary was engaged, it's likely that Mary was a teenager. Many Bible commentators believe that she, was a, uh, that she was a teenager. And so here in Luke chapter 1, we're introduced to this young girl called Mary. And we're told about this extraordinary day in Mary's life. For her, I'm sure she woke up that morning thinking it was just going to be like any other day. It was just going to be a normal day. Maybe she was going to go to worship with her family that day. Or maybe she was busy doing different chores and tasks around the house. You know, back then they didn't have Netflix or Disney Plus, so I'm sure she would have been helping out, uh, helping out around the house. Or maybe she was going to meet up with some friends in the local village. You know, I'm sure just like all teenage girls, I'm sure that part of her day was spent planning and, and thinking about her future with Joseph, thinking about married life and planning about how many kids she would have, how she would decorate her home. I'm, th I'm sure she was thinking a lot about that. Now, the Bible doesn't say exactly what Mary was up to on that day, but we see that it wasn't going to be an ordinary day for Mary. In Luke chapter 1, it tells us that it was an extraordinary day for Mary. We see that Mary's day was interrupted by an unexpected visitor. We'll read it, read it again. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was Mary's cousin, it says, In her sixth month of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. As I said, Mary was probably going around, going about just doing her daily business when all of a sudden, God sends an angel to Mary with a message. And this was his message to her, verse 28 to 29. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Now, like all of us, if an angel appeared right here and right now, I'm sure you would be terrified. I'd be terrified if we're being completely honest. You know, there was an angel standing right in front of her. So I'm sure she was feeling terrified. But not only was she afraid, she was confused as well. She was confused because of what the angel had said to her. This angel had called her favoured woman. Now I'm sure Mary was thinking, look, sorry, Gabriel, you've got the wrong person here. Maybe you've typed in the wrong postcode on Satnav. You're at the wrong house. You've come to the wrong girl. I'm just a, a young girl. I'm a nobody. I'm from this small place, Nazareth, this, this place called Galilee, you know, a small village. I'm, I'm a nobody. You've got the wrong house. You know, surely God is, doesn't have a message for me. I'm sure she was thinking that. However, Gabriel hadn't got it wrong. God hadn't got it wrong. God had a specific message for this young girl who loved God. And Luke chapter 1 verse 30 to 33 says this. This is the message from Gabriel. Gabriel says to Mary, don't be afraid for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Talk about too much information at once. I'm sure it was way too much information for Mary to take in. She was told, this young girl was told that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. She was going to give birth to the long-awaited Messiah, the Messiah who had been prophesied about for hundreds and hundreds of years. This Messiah in which the Jewish people, the people of God, were looking for for years and years to deliver them from Rome. But ultimately, he was going to come to deliver mankind from sin. She was given the responsibility of giving birth to him. She was going to be his earthly mother. Now, Mary, again, she's confused by all this. Not only is this a lot of information to take in, but she's confused about this news. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 to 37 says this. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth, sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary is told, even though she's a virgin, she will conceive the Son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And her life was going to change forever. She was going to give birth to the Son of God who would come into this world and save humanity from sin and death. Save you and me from sin and death. Now, before we think about how we would respond if an angel appeared and gave us that news, obviously he couldn't give me that news because I'm not a woman, but you know, if he told me that I was gonna have to be the adopted father, like Joseph was going to be, 
you know, before we respond and think about how, how we would respond to this, let's think about the impact that this news was going to have on this young girl's life. It was going to have on Mary's life. First of all, we need to remember that Mary was a teenager. She was a young girl. She had no life experience. She, she wasn't even married yet. And now she's being told she's going to be a mother. You know, this news would have been overwhelming to her. She, she didn't know how to handle this situation. Secondly, you know, Mary wouldn't have had a clue how to tell people about this news. You know, she, I'm sure she was afraid that she'd come across like a madwoman, that, that God had spoke to her, that an angel had come to her. If somebody said that to you, I'm sure we'd be very quick to dismiss it. But we see here that, that Mary, she did, what, you know, what, how was she going to respond to this? Not only that, Mary wasn't sure about what the future would look like. What would her future look like? I'm sure she had her own plans and her own dreams, but now God was interrupting that. What would happen if she did give birth to the Son of God? And what would happen following that? Then she also had another problem. If her partner, if her fiancé Joseph found out that she was pregnant, not by him, then he would break off that engagement. So she had that weight on her shoulders. Not only that, if her family found out that she was pregnant before marriage, then her family and her friends, they would excommunicate her. She would bring shame on the family name. And not only that, not only could Joseph break off that engagement and it would bring shame to the family, but in Jewish culture at that time, if a woman committed adultery, if she was with another man and slept with another man and had an affair with another man, then in that time, she would be brought before the village and before the elders of that village and she would be stoned to death. People would throw stones and rocks at her and kill her because engagement back in those days was treated more like marriage. Engagement wasn't like it is today. It was more like marriage, a proper commitment. And so she could be killed because of this news and because she had been, uh, she was conceived, uh, she had conceived the birth, uh, she conceived the Son of God through the Holy Spirit. So that responsibility, that weight was on her shoulders. But what if she wasn't killed? She'd be thrown out, she'd have to leave her village and she'd be left to raise this baby alone with no life experience. She was a young, young girl. She would have to move. And, and not only that, if the king and government had found out that, that the Son of God was alive, this long-awaited Messiah, he would be jealous and there would be a manhunt for Jesus and for Mary and as we see there was a manhunt for him by King Herod who wanted all the baby boys to be destroyed in that land he was so jealous that someone was going to come and take his throne so now let's put ourselves in Mary's shoes knowing all of this and this is what would happen how would you respond to that news from the angel how would you respond to that message from God you know if we're being honest 99% of us would say thank you God for that message but no, thank you. Angel, Gabriel, go find another young girl in Galilee with this message. You know, I'm sure we'd respond like that. But how does Mary respond to this message from God? Well, we read in verse 38, Luke chapter 1, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Despite all these things that could have happened to her and some things did happen to her. Despite not knowing the future, 
Mary decides to place her faith in God and she says yes in obedience to God. It was a simple act of obedience. It was simple obedience. But Mary said, okay, Lord, whatever it is, if you want me to do this, I will do it. Yes, Lord. You know, over this past year, there's been a saying that has really stuck with me. It's by one of my favorite pastors, one of my favorite preachers. His name is Charles Stanley. And he has this famous quote. And he says this. He says, obey God and leave the consequences with him. That's what God is calling each and every one of us to do. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. Simple obedience to God. It doesn't come without hardship. It doesn't come without difficulties or trials as we see with Mary. She said yes to God and, and Joseph was going to call off the engagement. She have to, had to leave home. They didn't have a place, a proper place to give birth to Jesus. They had to go to Egypt. They were refugees before Jesus was even two. All these things came her way. But you know, if it wasn't for Mary's yes, then the saviour of this world wouldn't have come into this earth, wouldn't have died on the cross for you and for me, wouldn't have made a way possible for mankind to be reconciled to God, to, for us to know the forgiveness of sins and to spend an eternity without him. Yet whenever we obey God, it isn't without difficulties or trials, but we can be sure that God will bless it. When we obey God, God, it is for our good, for our glory, for God's glory. God knows what he's doing within, in our lives. And God doesn't bring about harm or destruction to our lives, but God blesses us when we say yes to him. And we see that Mary obeyed God and she left the consequences to him. And you know, as we come to a conclusion today, you know, I believe this is what God is calling each and every one of us to this Christmas time. As I said at the outset of this, this message that, you know, many of us are looking around for the perfect gift for those around us. We're asking our loved ones, what do you want for Christmas? But I want to encourage you to ask that question to God. God, what do you want from me this Christmas? And what I believe God wants from you and from me and from all of us this Christmas is simple obedience. I wonder, what is God asking you to do today? What is God saying to you today? It, it might not be as big as what Mary, or God called Mary to it. I'm sure it's not as big as that. But what is God asking from you today? Maybe God is asking you to surrender your life to, uh, your life to him and to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to put your trust in him as your Lord and as your God. Or maybe it's to re-surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but maybe Jesus is asking you today to, to give up more control of your life to him. Yes, you know him as Savior, but do you know him as Lord of your life? Maybe today God's asking you to start maybe simply reading your Bible more because he wants to speak to you. Or maybe pray more because he wants you to depend on him more. Maybe God is asking you today to start coming back to church. Maybe you haven't come back to church because of this pandemic, but Maybe God is saying to you today to start attending church again. Get back into the family of God. Be back with the people of God. Maybe God is asking you to, to praise out loud or to worship him or to say thank you, even publicly. Maybe God's asking you to do that. Maybe God's asking you to share your faith with a family member or friend this Christmas period. Maybe God's asking you to invite a family member or friend to church this Christmas. Invite somebody to church with you or to watch church online this Christmas. Or maybe God's asking you to simply take your next step in your journey of faith. You know, whatever it is, 
I want to encourage you to take that step of faith. Be obedient to God and don't miss out on what God is going to do in your life. Don't be afraid of obeying God. You know, don't just obey God because you're afraid of what the consequences might be if you disobey God. I want to encourage you, obey God, because when you obey God, God will bless you. And you know, it's a simple thing. It's a simple act of faith. It's a day by day saying, yes, I'm going to do this. It's a small act of obedience. God's not asking us to do great things, to, to do all these you know, big things that we might be afraid of. It's just those simple yeses that God is asking us to do, to obey him, be faithful to him, to love him, to pray, to worship him. That's what God's asking us to do. And when we do, God works powerfully in our lives and blesses us abundantly. I want to encourage you this Christmas. Let's obey God and leave the consequences with him, knowing that he will ultimately bless us. The consequence will be great blessing on your life. So today, as we come to an end of this first message in this series, as I've obeyed God, pray that God's spoken to you, that God's encouraged you, and God's challenging me to obey him. You know, what God wants from you and from me this Christmas, the gift he wants from us, is simple obedience. And I wonder today, will you respond to that call? Amen.